Hello and welcome to the Divine Renovation Podcast. My name is Dan O'Rourke. We've got an amazing show today. We've got a buddy of mine, Charlie Vaughn, is going to be on in just a little bit to talk to us about FM645. Big teaser. I'm not going to tell you what it is. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but it's, it's, a, it's a great story and so I'm excited to have him on. But Ron Huntley, it's good to see you. How are you doing today, buddy? Good to be here and loving the new set. This is awesome. We have a new set. <laughs> and with our new set, we have a new co-host, Jen Ferrier. Good to see you, Jen. Good to see you too. Welcome to the, the podcast and welcome to your co-hosting career. Thank you. <laughs> I, I tell you. It's a first First day of my career. <laughs> this is a launch. <laughs> and, and Ron, you're right. We are, are the, the team has been working hard to continue to build the set around us. So if those mm. of you are listening, we probably sound the same. Uh, <laughs> but the difference is we're sitting. Uh, so we feel like this is a great upgrade. We now have chairs at the office. Uh, and as donations continue to come in, one day we might have uh, more enough chairs for everybody to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> Keep them coming. That's right. <laughs> Thanks for partnering. So Ron, we, our, our, our whole team did something really cool um, this past week. And I think, you know, it's something that we would want all teams that we work with to do. What did we do, Ron? What did we do? Yeah, it was the offsite. It's really to invest in one another. You know, we often talk about, you know, the psychology of a team is forming, storming, norming, performing, and adjourning. And the best way to storm well is to form intentionally. And uh, we've added so many staff to the ministry over this past year. We realized that we need to take some time to do this ourselves. And, and we so, need more chairs. And we need more chairs. And so it was a really fun, it was really fun. It was a, it was a great, uh, it was great. To so we, we went two days offsite. Where did we go, Jen? <laughs> we stayed at the, uh, the, I guess it's a cottage or a retreat uh, uh, space for, by Greg Aiken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how else would you say it again? I don't know. Where were we? On the water. It was really we cool. We were on the water. Yeah. Well, well, that's one of the cool things is that you don't actually need to go somewhere special. It felt really special to us. Um, and it was, it was, the space was donated by a parishioner. So it was a nice place for us to, to be able to go and spend time together as a team. But we didn't need to rent a big hotel room. We didn't need to yeah. like go to a retreat uh, center. You can go to a place where you can just be contained and, and be together, right? Yeah, it was a ton of fun. So what were some of the things that we were hoping to achieve while we were there? <laughs> have fun have fun <laughs> and Jen one. was in charge of fun with Jen the was in charge of fun which was hilarious that's it I didn't know there was going to be an icebreaker Jen and, uh, and, and like Ron you opened the day for us and then you went right into and there's going to be an icebreaker Jen come on up and explain the rules <laughs> and Jen then you got up and you looked just like like you did right now you, like, you looked a little like embarrassed about what was about to happen <laughs> embarrassed for us <laughs> I just get to watch. <laughs> so what you, what you might know is that while the icebreaker was happening, I took out my cell phone and I videotaped, <laughs> I videotaped the very first uh, two people who actually were, were, uh, were the, the victims. <laughs> Painful. Oh, thanks for that. What's so fun is that it's not the first time Jen's done an icebreaker for the staff. She always goes out of her way to find something goofy and fun. And because everything we do, even when we do it at 
you know, around here, we always try to model our values. And even though we work together all the time and stuff like this, there's nothing like laughing and just being silly to put you in the right frame of mind to then begin to receive. So we had mass first, which was beautiful, and then right into goofiness uh, to put us in a great space to enjoy the rest of the day. So well done, Jen. Thank you. Thank you. And and, and I think nobody was permanently injured uh, by the game. Just their pride. Just a lot lot of that happened. I think it beat the daylights out of poor Father James. He was sick for the rest of the day. (laughs) Beat the tar out of him and sent him home. The candy cane thing. (laughs) Your daughter's uh, host coat or something. An old one. (laughs) So I I think there's there's an important lesson just even in the fun aspect of what happened, Mm. right? I mean, like in order for us to, to be a team and to feel like a team, we have to be able to, to be friends and, and play together and have yeah. fun and laugh. Yeah. And so I think that was, it was a, it was a, pre- it's going to create some <laughs> precious memories for us all. Uh, <laughs> there is a magic to that craziness. Uh, so Ron, well, part of the genesis of this was you and I had had a conversation and uh, you had said, you know, we, we need to, we need to live out the values that we coach others mm. into. And, and there was a, f- a number of ways we could have driven uh, this offsite. There's a number of ways we could have led the team, but you really leaned into, to a couple of core things that we do. Uh, so why don't you talk about the first of those? Yeah, sure. So the first one was strength finders. And for those of you that have followed the podcast in the past, you've heard us talk about it. Or, and so strength finders is really an opportunity to figure out how you've been hardwired. What are your talent themes? How have you been innately gifted to be a blessing to the world? And our, our thinking is, or the thinking behind it from the Gallup organization is that when you spend time leaning into your strengths, you have more fun, you have a bigger impact, and you get better results. And so we wanted to do that as, as individuals. And it's really fun, Not as you get to know yourself and grow in self-awareness, to get to learn about other people's talent themes and how they can turn those into strengths. And so it was a, it's a great way to get to know yourself and to get to know the people you work with. And I've been wanting to do a workshop like that. How'd you guys enjoy it? Oh my gosh, it was great. I, I, what was your experience? I, I loved it. I really, I really leaned in. I learned so much about our team. Uh, I, I, got, I continued to explore my own strengths. I got to laugh at myself and at people. Uh, so, I mean, like for me, it was, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it too. I mean, because I've worked with Ron for so long, I've, we've, we've gone through it before, but every time you go through it, you're a little bit um, more available to what's there, mm. um, to understand it better, to go deeper. Yeah. And that's what I found this time. That's true. It doesn't get old, does it? No. Like it, it just continues like a fine wine. It continues to ruminate and, and get richer. And I find that too. I always yeah. learn more every time. I do it. Uh, and you can see it in your own behavior. The more you become aware of it, the more you can catch yourself behaving out of those strength themes. Like, oh yeah, this is actually true. Ron, something you said while we were on uh, on the retreat, on the offsite, was that you know, we don't always see ourselves clearly. Uh, we don't always understand how our own strengths are, 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 are present in the way that we tackle our challenges or the our work. And and you know what, what was really cool for me was, you know, you broke us off into groups many times. And so I was in a, in a few different uh, small groups. Uh, and what was cool, though, was to talk to, to other members of our team and just to hear how, how they don't see some of their own strengths manifest, but it's like, Oh yeah, I totally see it. And this is the way, and you know, you can just start listing off the stories and then it, that's when it starts to click, I think for people, right? 
<laughs> it's so true. And Jen, you were saying something earlier about that when you first got your strength themes. What were you I'm originally? Like, I'm like, empathy's not like a strength theme. That's what I was thinking. This is not something. This is a curse. I don't huh? really want this <laughs> auction off. <laughs> Trade you do a, do a mine for one of yours. Yeah, true enough. That's true. You you don't even some of them you don't even know are strengths because yeah. you don't understand it in the in the from a perspective of strengths. And and then there's some you just don't even see in yourself at all. Mm-hmm. So true. Well, I, I really, I thought it was really fun to, to be able to delve into them and to explore them and to, and to learn more. In addition to our strengths, we did something else though. Yeah. We did something that, that is actually a little newer, at least for me. For, I mean, yeah. we, we, our senior leadership team went through it. Oh goodness. About six months ago, eight months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, again, you, I think I got the, the note from you saying, Hey Danny, I want you to do your <laughs> a pass and here's a link. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, Ron, sure. What's this thing? <laughs> yeah. uh, and so we did a pest. Yeah. So what does a pest stand for? So, uh, and it's from Ephesians, I believe it's in chapter four. It talks about Jesus had given some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as shepherds, and some as teachers. And those are five charisms of really a healthy church. Uh, we need all of those five to be functioning well if we're going to be successfully and sustainably missional. Mm-hmm. And it's so common. And, and I remember when I did it for the first time because you score them, they're numerically scored, so you see how you're weighted. And uh, I'm a uh, apostolic evangelistic in my perspective. And I think you are too, Dan. Yep. AE. AE. Yeah. And so, but you know, it was natural for me and unintentional to undervalue some of the other charisms. And once when I did a pest for the first time, the first thing I did is I realized, oh my heavens, I've undervalued this area here. And I went straight to the people I knew who had that, even though they hadn't done a pest yet, I knew they had that charism. And I apologized to them because I realized I'd been undervaluing that part of what it means to be a healthy missional church. And so um, it really is helpful. And I guess to put strength finders and APEST into context, you know, maybe we could use this analogy is that we're all a star. You know, every one of us are, are a star. And so when you do strength finders, that tells you what kind of star you are, which is really cool. But APEST is, is, is in the context, like strength themes are God's gift to you. But Apes, you are God's gift to the church. And so as a star, where do you fit into the constellation that is the church? We're baptized into the family of faith, into Christ's church. And so what role is God calling you to play in your ministry to raise up other people in the context of that? And so that's how those two overlap. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I found as the day went on, that this, that was because that was on day two, and you overlap those two things, you really see how your strength themes help form you in that charism ministry that you have mm-hmm. of, of one of the... Well, let me ask you, so I, I fully, I, I see how the two certainly fit together. And for me, it was almost, it was like, yeah, obviously. <laughs> like, for me, it was just such a natural fit. It felt fit like a glove for me when you, when you, had, when you worked through them. And, and just so for those who are listening who haven't done Strengths Finders or APEST, I mean, these are psychometrics. They're online. You do a, a test. I think they're, 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 they're very affordable, if not free. Uh, at Strength Finders, I think there's a small fee. Uh, but then they give, you the, they give you the results of your, of your test and your scores, and they say, well, these are your top five strengths, and these are your, your APEST results. And so w- th- that's what we did. We took those yeah. results in, and then, Ron, you did a wonderful job workshopping us over two days uh, through those results. Can I ask you a question? Mm. Why two days? Why not one day? Why not half a day? Why mm. not five weeks? Well, well, why two days? Five weeks, that's a good idea. I think we, <laughs> I'm not opposed to five Caribbean weeks. <laughs> Somewhere warm, preferably. Uh, so I am all in for that. I'm going to put that forward in the budget for next year. Uh, I, I, that's a good question. I mean, I don't think one day was would have been enough. 
because the strength finders, when you really dive into that, boy, that takes the better part of a day right there. And we also wanted, though, to take some time to pray together and to have fun together. And, you know, we were goofing off at lunch playing a, a game called, what was it, <laughs> Sequence? Sequence, yeah. <laughs> Which was fun. And, and so we wanted to, we didn't want to rush through it. We wanted to be able to relax into it and get the most out of each part so that it didn't feel right. It's kind of like the difference between doing an alpha day retreat mm, for the weekend right. or a weekend away. You know, yeah, you can get it all in in a day, but it's not about the information. It's about the journey. And so doing it over two days, I, I, it felt like we weren't rushed and we could just really ease into and participate in each of the parts. Does you feel that, Jen? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah two days for me felt like it was, um, I wouldn't have used the word enough. I would have said it left Fair me wanting enough. more, but we'd gotten through a bunch. And, and I think that's why it felt like two days felt right. If, if it had been one day, honestly, I would have said, ah, that probably not sufficient, like not sufficient from a, a relational point of view, like right. we didn't get enough time together yeah. and not enough time to certainly go through all the, the content that we went through with both APEST and, and StrengthsFinders. We also did one other thing. Yeah. Conflict styles. <laughs> How do we fight? Before we go to there, Jen, you have an interesting perspective on your APES themes. What are your two APES themes? APES themes. Um, so my number one is profit. And the other one, is, no, it's actually shepherding and then profit. Right. So you're great at caring for people yeah. and you're a truth teller. And so what was it like when you heard it the first time? And what was it like hearing it and going through yeah. it again? Because Ron had us do APES at one point. <laughs> <laughs> and so I remember exactly what I thought about empathy. I'm like, profit isn't like a real thing. Like, <laughs> I don't even understand how I can probably be a profit. Like, it doesn't even make sense to me. And so I disregarded it. <laughs> And then, so when I saw that we were doing APEST at this retreat, um, I was able to actually embrace it a little bit more. Mm. Um, I've been steeped in a lot of this stuff a, a little bit more, and and I could kind of see. Um, but then when I was bouncing it off Ron, telling him some of the things that I thought were a prophet, he's laughing at me because he's like, yeah, all the things you're saying are exactly what a prophet is. <laughs> 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 it's so fun to watch you settle into that because I do see it because we've worked so closely together over the last five years. And uh, and that's what you, to your point earlier, Dan, it's easier to, for others to see it in you sometimes than it is for you to see in yourself. And when we can lean into how we're hardwired and create it mm -hmm. and give it away to be generous, to, to lay that at the service and yeah. to love others. Oh, man, like that's that's a that's how leadership allows all the other gifts to flourish. And so, mm. Mm. so fun. And so, yeah, the conflict styles. Yes, the conflict styles. You want to fight about it? <laughs> Come on, give me your hand. My conflict styles arm wrestling. <laughs> Competitive. Things, things never change. <laughs> boys will be boys. Yeah, so conflict styles. Uh, our organization, uh, we don't um, we don't avoid conflict. We we lean into it, but we want to lean into it in a way that's healthy. Yes. And so, in order to understand when we're being healthy and when we're not necessarily being healthy. You challenged us to understand our, our, our conflict styles. Yeah, this was really cool. And this was one of our, our coaches in the network, Bill Presbridge, who brought this to our attention as coaches. And he walked us through it one time when we were coaching the coaches. And I thought, well, this is really good. And I've actually started to do it with some of the churches I coach. And so it was really fun to be able to do it with you guys, with our staff here. And uh, and. It was, it's, it's great information. There's five styles. The, the one you want to lean into is collaborative. That's where you're assertive in sharing your own 
needs and best interests, and you're curious and cooperative, and you really care about what the other person has to say so that you can create a win-win situation. And I think when we're healthy and we're mindful and thoughtful, we actually operate there a fair bit. But sometimes we don't eat well, or we don't sleep well, or we're under a lot of stress, and we miss the mark. And what's really fun to know is when you miss the mark, where's your default? Where do you default to? And for me, unfortunately, it's being competitive. So you're really good at getting your point across, not so good at listening to the other person. And I always regret when I get into that state. Uh, and then there's people who just avoid it. I think, yeah, I'm not, we're not, I'm not even going to go near that. Mm. So they just avoid it. So they don't, they don't express their needs and they really don't care what other people's needs are either. Let's just avoid the whole thing and hope it goes away. And there's also accommodating, which is I'll listen to you and I'm not going to say my perspective and I'll just give in to your thoughts and perspectives. And, and the last one is um, compromising. That's a little of me, a little of you. Neither one of us win, but it's good enough for now. And there's good reasons for each one of those. And so we spent some time leaning into that. Again, what was your gu- what were your guys' learnings as you uh, went through that? What was it like for you guys? Uh, well, I thought it was, um, it was interesting to see how people uh, plotted themselves. Because you'd, you'd graphed it out on, on uh, a whiteboard. And you asked us to name where we would be when we're, when we're not at our best. Yes. Not when we are when we're at our best, but when we're, <laughs> when we're really coming short of the mark. And so, you know, we're obviously we're putting ourselves in those categories. We're like, yeah, I guess I'm that dork. But it was interesting because we all had to own our dorkiness and, and put ourselves in the places. And we had an interesting spread, right? Like there yes, was, we did. We, it wasn't like everyone fit in the same category. It was, no, we actually were spread around the, the various graph. And then it was, you know, I guess there wasn't a lot of ahas. Oh yeah. I, but it, it, what it was for me anyways, is it reinforced, I guess, uh, certain assumptions I had about our own team members. I'm like, right. okay, so if I'm, if I'm in conflict with X, Y, or Z person, uh, I know exactly how they're going to react. Now the question is, uh, cause I'm competitive like you, Ron, mm-hmm. uh, when I get into that zone, am I going to steamroll or am I going to try and shift my, my own style? Yes. And that's what, it, that's where I found it to be illuminating, right? Is it's okay. Well, understanding how our two, uh, approaches will, will intersect. Uh, I've got a choice to make because right. I, I, it's, it's on me to change my style, especially cause I know how others are going to show up. And, and especially those who, who fit into the category of avoiding rather than, uh, than, than, than meeting the energy where, that I would bring. I'm just like, well, ca- what kind of person do I want to be on this team? Right. And so I found that to be helpful. Good. How about you, Jen? What were your thoughts as you looked at that and watched that and saw others? Uh, well, I knew right away I was an avoider, <laughs> especially when I'm tired. Yes, you know, at the end of the day. Plus, I'm I'm introverted. Yes, and so sometimes I just don't have the energy the capacity to <laughs> yeah. to really go there. Right, so just, just ah, yeah. whatever. <laughs> Good, maybe deal with it tomorrow. So we did we did one more thing that I just wanted to touch on, and that was we did a it was a teaser, if you will, around values, mm. uh, and we, we only did it, we, it was the sort of the closing um, exercise that we did as a team. And Rob McDowell, one of our mm. coaches, he guided us through and and, and challenged us on what we have as values as an organization. Mm. Uh, I, I was pleased to see that that what came out foremost uh, was certainly Holy Spirit led. The whole team really felt like uh, that's a value. Uh, the other value that I was really excited to see was bacon. <laughs> I love that bacon made it on it our was, values it list. It was talked a lot about, but I don't think it made it to the well, final it three. Votes. <laughs> it might not have got any votes, but we all know it deserved them. <laughs> so this place actually smells like bacon yeah, right so now. <laughs> I, love, I love that we have a place that smells like bacon. It's amazing. Uh, we, we Is do, there do bacon bre- cologne? How does that <laughs> 
wrong. You buy it at the grocery store. It's, like, it's five bucks a pack. You just rub it on yourself. You're good. It's a little greasy. But it's a little greasy. Oh, gross. This has gone downhill. It smells like bacon here because we do a breakfast together as, as a team every Friday before we podcast. And so so it's a special time for us to get together. And sometimes there's bacon. Today there was bacon because it's a value. <laughs> so we didn't have time to really delve into the values with any great length because it was, you know, a, a workshop of that type would, would take a fair bit of time. But what I appreciated was just to see the synergy in the values that we, we all have as a team and, and the way we approach our work. Mm. And so it was, it was great to, to be able to see that sort of clustered together and uh, to, to identify that we all are on this mission together with very, very similar values. So I think, Ron, just in, in my closing thoughts on it, and I'd, I'd love to know yours, is this stuff is really important. And it's not easy to make time for. And whether you're running a, a parish with a bunch of staff or a bunch of volunteers mm. or, or, or whatever the comp- composition is of your team, this kind of taking time, making time to have this kind of um, an offsite of, or a treat together. It is so critical to, to building the kind of organization that you want to build if you're going to be an organization on mission. It's so true. And, and really, it's about intentionally investing in others. This is just one way to do it. The other way we do it is, like you mentioned, here's the breakfast we do on Fridays. Uh, at St. Benedict, we made sure we had our one-on-one meetings. We also made sure we had our weekly team meetings. We also have leadership summits. These are all ways that we're intentionally investing or making deposits in the right people. And that's what this was an example of. We want the staff at the Divine Renovation Ministry to know we love you. We care about you. We want you to grow. We care about your relationship with Jesus. And we want to be able to, when we do storm, to storm well so that we can resolve our issues and get back to being generous by blessing others. And so that's yeah, what it's And about. I think so for us, the only thing I felt bad about, and we, the senior leadership team wrestled with this for some time, the only downside was that we couldn't, we didn't have the resources to bring the whole no. team together because our team is, is spread so far afield. We've got people in, in, the, in, Philippines, in the Philippines, we've got people across the, the United US, States. And so Australia. we just didn't have the resources <laughs> to actually bring people together, which is what we'd hoped to do. And at the very beginning of the year, we set the goal, but we weren't able to, to make it happen this year. Uh, and so that to me, that's the only pang I feel is like, yes. oh, I wish we could have had everybody present. Uh, so, but we were only able to bring together those that, that were, uh, were local. Uh, but maybe next year we'll be able to, to make it happen. With, here's hoping. With, here's hoping. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to cut. We're going to take a quick break and uh, we're going to be right back with Charlie Vaughn. Welcome back. And Charlie... Welcome to the podcast, Thanks. buddy. Glad to be here. Long time listener, first time guest. I love it. It's so it's so much fun to actually have you present today because we get to hang out just about every week, uh, and and that's partly why we brought you on. Uh, the other part is because you're so darn handsome. This is gonna be a very short podcast. Uh, pause. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was hoping you'd play with me there, Charlie. I am. It's gonna be a very short podcast. <laughs> All right, so Charlie, why don't you tell me a little bit about what is what does FM six four five stand for? FM six four five stands for Friday Men six forty five. Friday Men six forty five. I thought yes. it was Friday morning. It's Friday Men, is it? Friday Men. Do you have any Saturday men that come up sometimes? Or no, but not we did have one man. Interesting you mentioned that because our first <laughs> year we had to cancel because of a snowstorm, and one man suggested we meet on Saturday morning, and we said no. <laughs> we appreciate the idea, but no. That's so at uh, FM 645, it's Friday men. We meet Friday mornings at 645. Friday men, 645. AM. AM. Yeah. 645 in the morning. Now, yes. this idea actually originated not at your parish because you're from, uh, uh, what's the name of your parish? 
My parish is St. John 23rd in Cole Harbor, Nova Scotia. Cole Harbor, Nova Scotia. That's that's Does a stone. Anything good come out of Cole Harbor, Nova Scotia? Sidney Crosby, <laughs> Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, a couple of guys. Charlie Vaughn. Yeah, like Charlie Vaughn. Yeah. Uh, and Father James Mallon. That's uh, true. So, is, yeah. And Ron Huntley. <laughs> and Ron Huntley. So there's a lot of Cole Harbor. Dan O'Rourke. Oh, I, I didn't come out of there. I found my way in there. I'm oh, hoping okay. some of the magic rubs off. Jen, you'll Takes have to go while. visit there. Uh, just so, <laughs> <laughs> so, so look, so I, I think I, I'd love to get the story about what, what this is all about. Sure. So you've, Friday Men 645, yep. but you were not the creator of what it is. Absolutely not. Uh, instead, it came out of St. Benedict Parish, which is about, I don't know, about 25 minutes away, yep. a 25 minute drive from where mm-hmm. your parish is, Charlie. It is. Uh, and so what was it called at, at, at St. Benedict Parish, Ron? Uh, the Men's Leadership Gym, and the, the GYM stands for God, You and Me. We absolutely do not work out. <laughs> it does intimidate not people, but until they come. <laughs> <laughs> it's only three people that can do a push-up there, actually. So now, Charlie, is it fair to say because you you you, you experienced uh, the leadership gym? Yeah, I was. So, I went to the leadership gym for a couple of years. So I what was it. it? What was that like for you? Because you're in Cole Harbor, you're 25 yeah. minutes away. Yeah. And so, so what what were your mornings like on Fridays? Well, Friday morning I would get up at 5:30, and I would uh, leave my home about 6:20, and I would drive to St. Benedict Parish to be there for 6:45, uh, and I started to go very welcoming atmosphere, a very hospitable atmosphere. I went for several years. I would go on Friday mornings, do a talk every now and then. I would go in, do my thing, and leave. But the men were always very welcoming. It was a, it was, it was a highlight of my week, was to get there and go mm. St. Benedict every Friday morning. And, and so, Ron, you would have been part of the men's leadership gym, uh, and you were attending then. So you would have, is that where you would have met Charlie? No, we go way back. <laughs> we, we used to compete against each other in Toastmasters. And oh, so we would it. always see each other at the local competitions. Yeah. He would always win. And uh, I'd always <laughs> think I was going to get him next time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what's interesting is, is the leadership gym at, at St. Benedict and FM 645 mm-hmm. at St. John the 23rd. They follow a, a similar pattern, model, exactly. agenda. Yes. Well, can you walk me through what, sure. it, what, what the experience would be like if I wasn't attending? If you were attending, <laughs> which you do, which I do every most week. weeks, uh, it's we gather it at six forty-five. There's coffee on uh, at seven o'clock. We begin the program. We have an opening prayer. One of the men gives a talk. We have a small group discussion. We have a time of praise and worship, and then we do something really weird. We have five minutes of silence, and we do that so that as we talk about, it, we say, "Listen, we ask God for lots of things. We're always asking." We don't take time to listen. So we take five minutes of silence to listen to what God's telling us. Then after there's a few minutes to share, maybe what we've gotten out of that time, uh, we finish up with intercessory prayer and we're done by eight o'clock so men can get to work. So, and this happens every single week, come, come rain or shine, except I think there was one time it didn't. We've missed, yes. So we've been going for over two years. Uh, we've met every week, every season of the year. We've missed, I think, three weeks because of weather. And that's weeks. all. Yes. That's, that's pretty cool. And yeah. I know at least on one of those weeks, one of the guys showed up and it was alone. Well, we tried it. I sent out a weekly email, uh, sort of summarizing the talks. And I tried to email when we didn't have bad weather, when we had bad weather, rather. One of the gentlemen was not on the list. And luckily I was driving by church as around the same time he should be there. I pulled in, he was in the parking lot. That's awesome. To go to the meeting. <laughs> and I said, listen, I'm really sorry, but he's on the list now. And uh, we try. <laughs> it's been surprising because we've had some very let's say, iffy days where the weather has not been great. Yep. It's been cold. It's been icy. We still get 
good attendance. Mm. Really do. You know what's fun about that? I know at St. Benedict, we made it a, we made it an oath that we would never miss any. And so we've had some absolute crazy blizzards. And so we'll change our schedule and four guys will trudge through the snow because we're so we're so prideful in keeping that going. <laughs> we will meet no matter what. If I have to crawl there. If there's two people there, it's a meeting. So it's really unreasonable, but we're pretty unreasonable guys. <laughs> so I, I find it interesting, both, both Ron, uh, you and, and Charlie, I mean, you've go, both got this background in Toastmasters. I think you both put a value on, 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 on being able to speak uh, mm-hmm. both publicly and also in small groups and then also in, in the notion of, of testimony. And I see that as part of the agenda of what happens at FM 645, yeah. Charlie. Yeah, we're very, we're very intentional on not having outside speakers. We don't want to have guests come in. We want the men who are in the group to come. And I really want them to share their stories because they all have very interesting stories. They call from different backgrounds, different faith experiences, but everyone can write to everyone else's story. So if someone comes in and shares a story, shares a testimony, shares anything, it's tremendously valuable to the other men in the group. Aside, you know, better than having someone come from outside and, and giving a, a talk, people come in and share their testimony. And that way other people can say, I can do that too. And we try to encourage that. So when you started this two years ago, yeah. uh, how, what was the size of the group? Did you start with, 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 Two guys. What, what did you start with? We started the first week. So the first week we started, which was September 16th, 2016. It would have been 2000, September 9th, but Ron was speaking at the men's gym and I had to go count how many times he said awesome. <laughs> <laughs> For the record, it was zero. So it was a waste of my morning. So we started... My goodness, that's amazing. You know what I could, I, I'm going to pause you there, Charlie, because I remember you telling me that exact same joke two years ago on September 9th, because you're like, well, I'm not starting this week because I got to go see Ron talk at the, at the men's gym at St. Benedict's. No joke. <laughs> so we started September 16th. Eight men showed up that week. Now I did a, what I would think a reasonable job of inviting people. I had uh, been intentional about this. So I sent an email to a group of men who I thought would be interested message in the bulletin on the, on the overheads and everything. And, and I got responses back from the email. Um, yeah, I'd love to come. Or some people say, it's really not for me. One man sold his house and moved to Prince Edward Island. <laughs> <laughs> but we had, we had eight men show up that morning and I got there early. I put on the coffee, I put out the chairs and I waited for someone to show up and eight people showed up. The next week we did it, I think 10 men showed up. And by the fourth week, I knew we were on to something because uh, I was driving up to the church to get ready to set up and the lights were already on in the hall. I walked in, chairs were set up and the coffee was on. That's awesome. Because one of the men in the group who has keys to the church, who gets up early, he now comes in every week, sets up the coffee, sets up the chairs. Ownership. Absolutely. That is Absolutely. So cool. I didn't ask anyone to do it. He took it on himself to do that. And your start was four times bigger than ours. We literally started with two people. And it took us months to get to eight people. And so your guys' launch was way bigger than ours. Well, it was very, uh, you know, you, you use the words here, intentional and inv- invitational. I took a long time to plan it. I began the, thinking about the idea probably April or May of that year and then would, you know, procrastinate like most men do. And the idea started to take, take a germ. And then I shared it with a few people. They thought it was a good idea. I went to our pastor. He said, I think you're crazy but I support you. <laughs> He's very, well, a big, very yeah, wise That guy. hasn't changed since then. Yeah, because you're saying, hey, can I start this group at this parish and I need your blessing? He said, yeah, go for it. And so we spent a lot of time getting ready for it before we actually launched it. And that's why we went to this, like, you know, we started in, in July seriously planning it for a September launch. So we're very intentional about how we did that. 
What made you think you could do it at all? I mean, I, in all seriousness, I mean, you're going to St. Benedict Parish is a parish that's on the move. People know about it, right? It's 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 missional. It's it's got a ton of life. It does. St. John the Twenty Third is is at a different phase, or well, certainly a couple of years ago was at a different phase. So, what made you think it was even possible? I never gave that part a lot of thought. <laughs> I didn't that. think about whether it was or it wasn't. And only a couple of months ago, I did begin to realize it didn't matter to me if it made it or not. Because if it failed, I go back to St. Benedict. Right. There was no risk for me involved with this. And I guess I never thought it wouldn't work. Mm. That's awesome. Because <laughs> it's not me. It's the Holy Spirit doing everything. Yeah. I'm just a guy showing up going, I got this idea. And then you realize it's not even your idea. It was planted there. Mm -hmm. And so I never gave it a lot of thought that it wouldn't work. I knew the men that were there. And like I said, four weeks in, someone else making the coffee. And we were running from then on. We get 24 you know, like 23, 24 guys every Friday now. That's awesome. It's so cool. Like, you figure 24 guys at 6.45 a.m. on a Friday. Right. I mean, that that takes a degree oh, of, yeah. of, of commitment that, that that it's notable. Do you know what's funny, Charlie, to hear you say that, that, you know, you didn't even think it wouldn't work. That's not how it started at St. Benedict. In fact, praying on Friday morning started years before I even came to St. Benedict. My brother-in-law and I decided we needed fellowship. And so we start. We got together and started to pray together every Friday morning, just the two of us. And then we thought, we should open this up to the church. And I lived in Truro at the time. And so we did. And we publicized and everything else. And nobody showed up. And so then we thought, maybe we should do a program. So we launched a program. And one guy showed up. God love him. He's only in his 20s. He died of a brain aneurysm. So our membership dropped by 33% that year. <laughs> and we were back to two people. And it just never got off the ground, but we never stopped doing it. And so when I came to St. Benedict Parish, I ran into Adam Axworthy, who wanted to mm -hmm. start a men's prayer breakfast. Mm -hmm. And uh, Father James said, hey, Adam, you should get Ron to speak at the first one. And so I was coming out of my office and, and uh, he asked me, I said, sure. And I looked at him because I was missing praying on Friday mornings. I said, how would you like to get together on Friday morning to pray? I was looking for a sucker that would get up that <laughs> early. And he, to much to my surprise, said, sure. And so just the two of us, which is all I was expecting anyway. Yeah. So after it was over, he very naively said, Ron, how would you feel if I invited some more guys to come? I'm thinking to myself, oh, <laughs> you naive young man. <laughs> Nobody's going to come. But I didn't want to dis discourage him. So I said, yeah, sure, go ahead. And he brought two more guys the next week. It, it was Craig uh, Sampson and Corey Robinson. I thought, my gosh, they actually showed up. And so I invited somebody the next week, Francis Best. And it just grew yeah. from there. I did not think it would work. Yeah. And you didn't think it wouldn't work. Isn't that cool? But it, both ways it worked because the Holy Spirit is on the move. Oh, absolutely. And I just, it, it, it's one of those things, just let's go for it, see what happens. And what I find is, and this is really important, if you want to, want to invite men to something like this, do it in front of their significant other. <laughs> it's happened more than once. Shame where is a beautiful thing. You, know, you make the invitation... And the partner will reinforce it. <laughs> I had a gentleman who I wanted, you know, that I had pegged to do the music. And I invited him in front of his wife. And his wife essentially told him to come. And he went to the first, he came to the first, the first day. He didn't bring his, his, his guitar. We sang Lord, I Need You by Matt Marr a cappella. And we did an okay job. But he's been our music leader ever since. He took that role on. Interesting strategy. And Jen, you started something very similar to, mm -hmm. to the Men's Leadership Gym or FM645. Tell us a little bit about that. It, well, the name was Grow. Okay. And uh, what happened was 
Laura Eunice and I were. What does GROW stand for? uh, God Renewing Our Women. Because we realized that there weren't a lot of things for women um, outside of, you know, what basically the church offered. Um, And we wanted to do something about it. We didn't really know what to do because I was just brand new to Alpha. And uh, I think Lori had been one more Alpha than I. And we were just trying to think of like, we're kind of getting jealous. Like, how how come the guys get to have this cool thing and we don't have anything? (laughs) And so one day we just said, okay, we're going to make our own thing. And we're going to use what the men's um, format format. Yeah. And so we, cause we wanted to keep it in line since it was at St. Benedict church as well. And, and uh, I remember the first night Lori and I were terrified cause I'd never given a talk before and we had no idea who's going to show up, you know, <laughs> and we're downstairs in the church basement and um, all of a sudden there's tons of women show up <laughs> and I'm like, I have to give a talk. <laughs> <laughs> so more than two, more than eight, how many That's, would you have had? You think? Um, Probably thirty. What? Not all. Not all lasted. That's crazy. But <laughs> Girls, they always do it better. Jeez. <laughs> and um, and so it just it grew from there, and the, the word spread from female to female, and so grew, grow, grew, <laughs> grow, grew. Yes. <laughs> and it was it was beautiful because women can very easily be cruel to each other. <laughs> sometimes. Uh, sometimes. Not not every everyone, but there's. It, there's a, I think, I'm pretty sure everyone's heard it talk like that at some point, but in our group, we, we, we must've had 40 people, not everybody coming all the time, but, um, we loved each other and like there was, there was no saying anything negative about the people, you know, like it was, it was beautiful. It was, mm. it was beautiful. It was my, and I grew up, um, with a mother who had uh, mental illness. And so I've always been very wary of women just because of my experience with her, the only, the only yes. thing. And so this really, this ministry really um, changed my view on all those sorts of things. I, I was able to trust in women again, which was a, and, and, and also to, to put people in leadership teams who, who didn't, didn't think they would ever be a leader. For example, Tammy LeBlanc. Um, I had my eye on her right away because she has gifts that I don't have. <laughs> And for tracking and things like that. And I was like, oh, we need Organiz- to. Uh, organize. Yes, yeah. and loves it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I, t- I talked to the other people who were part of the leadership team, and they're like, no, I don't think so. And I'm like, no, I think so. And so finally I got her to come on, and and she took care of everything, and her, um, <laughs> I'm not used to having that, <laughs> she took care of, of, of all the administration, and her sister ended up doing the, the music, and then we had this beautiful piano brought in like <laughs> everything seemed to, to work out she ramped up everything. yeah it sounds like some of the principles that that, that you are at fm645 that are, are at sorry at um, leadership gym at, at grow there's a lot of acronyms i feel like we're in government uh, <laughs> so the, the, a lot of the same principles that, that i'm hearing that i heard you ron share that you heard you jen share and then I'm, i think i'm hearing you say here say charlie like you're raising people up yes through fm645 help yep. me understand how intentional are you about that it's always been in- intentional, but we don't let them know it. <laughs> you know, we have, it's like, for example, I have a sort of a semi-senior leadership team that sort of just came together because we had different people doing different functions. But it was interesting. I gave, the first week we had a meeting, I gave the talk. I didn't speak again until the week before Christmas. We had people step up right away to give talks. So from September to Christmas. September to Christmas, I only spoke once. I thought I have to speak every two weeks. I was ready to do that sort of thing. Uh, we had people give talks. We had one man started with the group and he, and I, he sent me an email about three weeks and he goes, Charlie, I'm really enjoying the group. 
However, if I have to give a talk, I will have to leave. Send him back an email. I said, please don't leave. Don't worry about it. Two weeks later, he sends me an email. Can I bump Larry next week and give a talk? I said, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) When people talk, they grow, don't they? They do. And some people you, you have to, I never put anyone on the spot. I never force anyone to give a talk. I certainly encourage and I will cajole people and we're still working on some people. But uh, for example, the fall last year, I put out the challenge and said, okay, gentlemen, we have, I think, 12 speaking spots available. I don't want anyone to speak twice. And people filled them. And I've said to people before, they come on and say, look, just put your name on the list. Something will come to you. And Jesus writes about it in the Gospels, I'll put the words in your mouth. And, yes. and I've had people come up and speak and they go, yeah, Charlie said that I'll get the idea and it'll come to me. And it did, finally. And so I always come back and say, I didn't say when it would happen, <laughs> but it's always happened that someone stands up or somewhere and getting ready to give a talk, the words come to them. And it's people you don't expect and you have to encourage people to give talks, but... I've never had a bad talk given there. We've had controversial talks given, which was surprising <laughs> yeah, to me. Yeah. Uh, that uh, The things you don't expect is when someone gives a talk that's controversial and, and kind of against church teaching, Yes, and then someone gives a rebuttal two weeks later. <laughs> and the funny thing about that was that both of them had the same message. It's how to deal with, you know, how to deal with people, but... One guy came from the stands and said, well, we really need to encourage these people to be part of, you know, be part of us and, and treat them with love. And the guy said, well, you know, church teaches us to, to you know, treat them with love, but to, you know, not, not encourage what they're doing. I said, and I said, at the end, I said, you know, basically both presentations are saying the same thing from a different point of view. But those are things you don't expect. You don't expect someone to give them this talk. You uh-oh, that's mm. not what, what the church teaches. But then it comes back to someone else giving the other side. And there were some comment discussions back and forth. At the end of the day, we're all better off for hearing those, you know, the side story and learning more about the idea and the topic. I would rather see somebody make a mistake in their effort to grow than not grow because we're afraid to make a mistake. Yep. When we do this, it's messy. Well, guess what? Growing is messy. And we've had people get up and give absolute teaching that's directly opposed to the Catholic Church. And you know what? I don't want that to happen, but I'm okay with it happening because they're growing, they're struggling, they're reaching out. They're, sometimes they reach out to the wrong Google website and get a whole bunch of information. But you know what? We can correct that because we have relationships. We're building relationships with these people as we're growing them. Absolutely. I'm not concerned. We do speak into that stuff, but we don't embarrass people. We don't humiliate people. We give them the space to make mistakes and we continue working with them because you know, if we're doing church right, it is messy. Oh, yeah. People no do have different perspectives. What I like about the model, uh, if, I, if what I like about the model, because I can even think of some of the controversial talks that, that have happened at, at FM 645, mm-hmm. Charlie. Uh, and so, because I've been there for them. I wasn't giving them, I hope. Let's <laughs> <laughs> so, talk about that. That's another podcast. <laughs> That's another podcast. Is that why this was organized? <laughs> That's, That's an intervention. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but I could, what, what, uh, the format allows for us to explore those very controversies, right? Because, yeah. I mean, someone gets up and gives a talk, 
And then they leave the room. FM six four five. They end up leaving the room. They don't get booted out. They they're they're invited out with another of our, our group members. And they, they they spend some time in a in, in our case, there's a, a, a much cozier room yes. that they get to hang out in while we stay in the larger space. And in the larger space, uh, you uh, Charlie, you typically break us up into groups of somewhere mm-hmm. between three to four. And then we get to have these little small group conversations about what we just heard. Exactly. And you know what? When it's controversial, those are the heated conversations about what we just heard. And so you, you get to you get to play with these themes. And, and as a group, uh, there's there's so much group wisdom. Uh, you know, when when it comes to to uh, FM six four five or groups like it. Yeah. And I think you know you really get a chance to really play with some things that are often on that line of controversy. Those things that in the church that we have to uh, have some space to be able to talk about. Yeah. And I mean, there are there are topics obviously where people don't understand the church's teaching, don't understand the church's tradi- uh, traditions. And it gives us time because we have some very experienced people there who can share more on what this is what the church teaches, this is what the tr- traditions teach us. And just by exploring those ideas, many of us look home and look up and, and try to learn more about them right. than they would normally. They'll hear the idea discussed uh, in a talk and then small groups like, Check more, check that out more, or we just think about it more, and it comes to you know into our minds more than it would before, and that's a big part of what we do every well, week. For a lot of men, you know, their experience of the church, if they're faithful, you know, Catholics, is just going to mass. Yes, and so this gives another space to enrich our experience as church. But what's so cool about it, and I'm pretty sure this is your experience too, it's not just Catholics that come to the men's gym. Like nope. it's an invitational environment. We have lots of people who aren't even don't have a Catholic background and have no intention on becoming Catholic right. yet. Well, and let's, let's speak, let's speak to that for yep. a second, Charlie, who is the audience? Who are you trying to get? I'm trying to get anyone who wants to come and hear about Jesus, share their faith, gather as men on a Friday morning to take that time. Or actually I prefer to use the word make that time, mm. which is why we meet when we do take that time to, you know, focus on their faith, focus on Jesus, focus on the Holy Spirit and take that time away from the, the bigger world. And we don't, it doesn't matter where people come from. We got men coming from five different parishes. We've got one man who's a member of the United Church. We used to have a man who's a member of the Anglican Church. We're open to anybody who wants to come. Anyone can invite anyone else to come into the group. There's no requirement for attendance. You don't have to promise to be there every week. You don't have to, you know, I don't, no one vets anyone from showing up. And we have people who come every week. We have people come twice a year when they can. And I always encourage those sorts of things. So we're open to anyone who wants to explore the Christian faith. Now, it's obviously a Catholic uh, focus because most of the men giving talks are Catholic. So you're going to learn about Our Lady of Guadalupe, Our Lady of Fatima. Uh, those kind of talks are going to be given. And it just gives people a broader perspective to look at the entire faith that we have. I think there's... Um what what's interesting to me is that it has managed to pull people from from different places together, and and our, I think you know the FM six four five experience it's it's very similar to to connect groups uh, and the way that yes. divine innovation would teach a connect group, but there are some actual really important distinctions because uh, a connect group is meant to be sort of a permanent sort of grouping of the same people who come every time, mm. whereas FM six four five men's leadership gym uh, they they were they have open door policies right like you're welcome to come and you know it's okay if you come and don't come. Whereas with the Connect Group, there's a higher expectation of constant involvement. I'd say yes and no to that, Dan. Your hope is that it would be more, but depending on the age of your uh, of your particular Connect Group, I find the younger the age, the more transient nature there is in Connect Groups. I think that one of the big differentiators is Connect Groups are where Alpha alumni go to connect and grow. 
But the men's leadership gym in FM six four five is for anyone. Right. And so where connect groups are more for alpha alumni, it seems. And in fact, I would say the men's leadership gym has been a real feeder for alpha. Was, people, yeah. Were you going to say the same thing? I was going to say exact same thing with FM 645. Some of our men have gone from FM 645 to alpha. Uh, one of them at least, and that was on the alpha team for the alpha coming in uh, St. John 23rd in January. Uh, and he, he, he's a great story himself. He's uh, a very quiet man, but he's really seen it. His life has changed. Uh, I'll give you an example. He, he likes to travel. He's in New York City. He's going down past St. Patrick's Cathedral, goes in for confession for the first time in years Praise God. and comes back so excited, <laughs> so happy. This is awesome. He's, he, like, he'll, he'll admit <laughs> wow. that FM 645 has changed his life. Hmm. Now, that's not a goal of ours. It's not a design of ours, but through the work of the Holy Spirit, it has changed his life. That is so beautiful. Oh, yeah, it's an amazing story. It really, really is. Do you know what I love? Because you said something earlier, Charlie, that, you know, five different parish, there's people from five different yes. parishes at at your gym or at your uh, gathering. We always, we see that too at St. Benedict. And, and that's with our Alpha too. At any given Alpha, there are people that will come from other parishes who might not be running Alpha or the Alpha isn't on a night that works for them. And whenever we find out somebody's from another parish, our hope and prayer is to be able to invest in them, to encourage them so that, like you, they will take it back to their church if they can and launch something great because we don't want to poach people from other churches. That is never our goal. And that includes other denominations. We want to invest in people because Jesus wants to invest in people. And then we want to mission you back to your area so that you can do some of these things. And so I'm just so grateful for what you've done and what you're doing and, and having changed that man's life, that, that's what this is all about. It's so exciting. Yeah, it is very exciting. And, and to be fair, I need to go back. The, the format of FM 645 is a complete carbon copy of the men's gym. I didn't change anything. I took it from the men's gym, said, this is the format. We're not changing anything because it works there. It will work here. I didn't create anything, borrowed it, copy, paste. That was it. Mm, that's neat. Even within it, it feels like it's um, matured is probably the right word. Yes. Because uh, I think of, of you know, uh, you know how it would have its early days to, to what it is now. I mean, now we've got like a projector and a, and a screen <laughs> and like someone who knows how to operate it. <laughs> well, that's an interesting story, too, because he's our youth minister and he couldn't attend because his children, when his children start school. And I was asked to do a witness testimony at Mass well over a year ago, spoke about FM 645. And of course, I'm in the, the pulpit. What I'm going to do, I invited everyone who has not gone to come to FM 645. His daughter changed her school routine so she could take her younger brother to school so he could come to Stop FM 645. It. Stop it. He has a computer. He has a tech. He does this thing when we do music and the lyrics are on the screen. <laughs> he changes them with his phone. I don't know how he does There's it. There's no way he's Catholic. Only <laughs> <laughs> he is very Catholic. He is, he's passionate. But these are the things that have happened where people have changed their schedules to allow other people to come because they see it as important. That's so cool. Yeah. You know, one of the things, I remember one guy uh, talking to me one day, he came in and he was coming to the gym fairly regularly and he was relatively, he was quite quiet, quite to himself. And, you know, he'd say hi, he'd say hi back and stuff, but he's quite, quite to himself. And one day he said to me, this is my church, eh? I said, okay, good. 
but I didn't really know what he was getting at. <laughs> he said, no, no, I, I, I don't go to mass on the weekends because I've, I've had an injury and it's too busy and too many people and I need it to be quieter. And so for me, this is my church. And I just thought, thanks be to God that he has a place where he can go that's focused on Christ, that's focused on the power of the Holy Spirit, and there's genuine fellowship. Absolutely. What was so beautiful is I remember uh, probably a year or two later, I see him coming to Mass with his girlfriend or his wife, and I just thought, oh, thank you, Lord. And then no sooner, you know, six months later, I see him show up at Alpha. And he's just, it just, I've just watched him grow, and 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 more importantly, his impact on everybody around mm-hmm. him. He has a great sense of humor. It's wonderful that we can provide different on ramps for people. It doesn't have to be the holy mass. That is the holy of holies. Yeah, the, the Eucharist is the source and summit of our faith. But not everybody's at that place. And what you're doing, Charlie, and what you are doing, Jen, with the women is gives people a place that maybe might be more comfortable for them. Might be a pace that works for them. And who knows where that can go? Well, the fellowship is a great, like I'll walk into the room sometimes on a Friday morning and just a buzz of conversation. People who didn't know each other six months ago were having a chat over the coffee beforehand. And what's happening with our group now is many of the men are retired. So when we're done at eight o'clock, they hang around. You know, there may be another cup of coffee. There may be more conversation. They may be doing all kinds of things, but they hang around together now and, and more conversations are happening and friendships are growing and, it's just a fantastic experience. But I want to share a story. There's, there's one man I tapped, I don't know, a year ago. I said, why don't you come up with us on Friday mornings? No, I can't start that, he said. I said, why not? Can't start <laughs> he, said, he said, if I start going, I want to go every week. I said, well, that's kind of the idea. <laughs> so uh, a friend of him, his, they're both retired gentlemen, his friend started to come to the meetings. Then one Friday he walked in. So I walked over and said, Remember what you told me? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so they meeting, I said, see you next week? Yeah. <laughs> he hasn't missed a week since. Isn't no, that I just, so yeah, cool. I'm afraid if I start going, I want to keep going. I, that's the idea. <laughs> now, we've been very fortunate. We've had some people say to me, or I've had people say to me, listen, um, I can't make it or uh, not right now. And then we've had people, people say, not right now, come back. No one's walked up and said, you know, this is really stupid. I don't want to do this. I'm not coming back. <laughs> now, they probably just leave and don't say anything. Right. But we have a pretty good retention rate of, of guests and, and, and visitors who like what they see and experience because it's, it's, you know, they may know someone else in the group. And that's part of it, too, is when you show up and you know other people, it's a bit more comfortable. Uh, we try to keep it, you know, it's fairly, it's not too heavy. The talks are good. The, the conversations are good. There's laughter. There's smiling. There's all these things that people seem to want. And if you get 24 men out at 645 on a cold Friday morning, something's going on. Nothing short of a miracle. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, because how yeah. many people say, you know, men, you know, they just, there's nothing, they don't connect. Well, they're showing up and connecting mm-hmm. and getting oh, yeah. out of bed at that time of yeah. day shows something. And I wonder just how many people might be listening to this podcast who are thinking, you know, boy, that sounds really cool, but... And what would you say to them if they're... Try it. You've got, you've got nothing to lose. There is, there is no downside to this. It's like uh, Pope Benedict said, you know, don't be afraid of Jesus. There's nothing <laughs> he doesn't offer you. So for me, like I said earlier, uh, I only realized, realized this six months ago, there was no risk. If it didn't work, I had somewhere else to go. So try it. Start. 
but don't be discouraged. Keep going. If there's two, if there's four, if there's eight, if there's 30, and then it goes down to eight or two, you keep going. You know, the Lord says, wherever two or more are gathered in my name. Mm. And that's an important part of the process. You have to be gathered in his name. You get 24 guys together in a church hall just to hang out. It's not the same thing. But when you're intentional about gathering in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Holy Spirit, there's nothing can go wrong with that. Mm. And I think people just need to start and say, we could do that here. We can get a group of men together. You need to be intentional. You need to have some, some plans in place. But try it. Mm. Do it. Mm. And see what happens. So, and it may morph into something else. You know, we've had people say to us, well, we don't like Friday mornings. And someone else in the group said, well, when do you want to meet? I'll gather you there. But for us, it works. It's that making time for Jesus. But I would say if you think... You want to start something like that? Go ahead and start it. Yeah, that's so true. I Like you say, for us, it was just me and one other person for years in Truro. And I thought it was going to be the same thing in Halifax, and it just multiplied and yeah. grew. And, you know, I, you talk about changed lives, and that gentleman who works in New York and what he did. I remember my mom connected with Joe DePenta at a church in Dartmouth when she was speaking. And she said, you should meet my son, and you should go to this thing that he does on Friday mornings. And so sure enough, he showed up. And uh, we went out for breakfast afterwards, just across the street, and then I jumped in his car on the way back. He was just dropping me off at the church because I was working there at the time. And when he's dropping me off, I said, thanks for coming. It was really nice to meet you, and I hope to see you again. And he said to me, this has changed my life. He went once. Yep. He said, this has changed mm-hmm. my life. I said, what are you talking about? He said, when I was playing in the NHL and growing up through the hockey system, when I started to get more curious about my faith, people who reached out with me, to me were all evangelical. And so I would go to these evangelical events and they were great people and I really Mm -hmm. loved it, but it never felt like home because I grew up in the Catholic church and I always wanted to be a part of something like this. And and there there wasn't anything like it anywhere. And I'm so excited that I can do this in my Catholic church with other men who are Catholic, who want to love and serve Jesus. And he's been coming out ever since. So uh, you're from Mount Charlie. What does FM645 look like? I don't think it's not going to look much different than it does today. It may be a bit larger, but that's not a goal. It's not a desire. I think it's just people growing in their faith, people uh, bringing others. And I think it will, we will get bigger slowly. And we have all along is people inviting other people because they want to share what they have. And that's the excitement. They come out and say, I want someone else to have what I have here on the Friday morning. So I'm going to bring someone else with me. Uh, we will have another retreat which, and we will gather together and we will continue to pray and we'll continue to raise each other up and we'll continue to gather as friends, as men. Hopefully you get a few more people will give talks. But we are there for the long term. There's no question that group's going to be together for a very long time. One of the things that, um, that we hear a lot uh, when we travel and, and, and even when we don't travel, when we're just here and we get emails and phone calls and such, is that parishioners who, uh, whose pastor is not bought into divine renovation and they want to do something, but they can't figure it out because their pastor doesn't want to do divine renovation. Now, what you, you come from a good parish. I, I know St. Yeah, John 23 absolutely. is a strong parish, yeah. but it's also not a divine renovation parish. It's not good a parish point. that we coach. It's not a parish that's in our network. Um, it's a good parish. Uh, we but, think so. Well, <laughs> it's a good parish, and I think it's actually a, a parish that continues to get stronger and better. Uh, but what I love about your story is it's a story of, of a parishioner 
you know, it's a story of a parishioner doing something that actually is, is helping to transform and, and transform lives and connect people to Jesus. Yeah. And that's what gets me jacked because that's one thing Amen. that parishioners, the ones who listen to this podcast, the ones that we encounter out there, they, they try and figure out how, do, how can I help? I can't get my pastor to build a leadership or maybe team. they don't like Alpha. Or, yeah, or they don't like Alpha, whatever it is. But <laughs> your, your, your example and what's, what you've done with FM645, it's, it's a perfect example of what a parishioner with a heart for Jesus is capable of doing. And so I, I get I, I get jacked about that. <laughs> yeah. The world needs more of you, Charlie. Well, <laughs> at first, it's not me. I, like I say, the idea was put in my heart by Jesus. It wasn't my idea. I went and said, "Let's try this." And the Holy Spirit has put upon us what we do. Our pastor is very supportive. What our pastor really likes is when people drive past our church at seven o'clock on a Friday morning. There's cars in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> he loves that idea of it, but it's. You, know, you he's even opened supportive. up the doors a couple times in the summer. We did, yeah. We uh, we have we usually do one one time a year, a couple times a year. We call it a hoedown because we have a, we're blessed to have a tremendous um, music ministry who can bring in other people. So we actually have you know some you know some some plugged in guitars, and we throw open the doors and let the music. And this is our pastor's <laughs> idea. So please the open the doors, let them <laughs> hear the come music. Come over for that one. <laughs> so we do. We do. You're welcome anytime. We do that. But he loves the fact there's cars in the parking lot at 7 o'clock on a Friday morning. Mm-hmm. He's been very supportive of us. He doesn't come on the Friday mornings, but if we're doing a retreat, he'll give a talk. But he is, he is 100% behind us uh, in his own way. Love and it. That's really, really important. That's so awesome. Absolutely important. Yeah. So, Charlie, you're, you're, not, you're not an institution. You're a guy. If people want to hunt you down and connect with you, is there, is there an easy way for them to do that? I mean, short of coming to Cole Harbor and checking out FM645. Well, I think really coming to Cole Harbor and checking out <laughs> the easiest way to do it. Uh, you Coffee's get, free. You can reach me on my email, which is nsbigguy at gmail.com. <laughs> Perfect. That's two G's. I don't know why it's big guy, but it just is. He's a is. big guy. He's sitting down. <laughs> but it's it's... You know, this idea I had, and it's interesting, when I first had the idea, I put it in behind my, my, my mind. I said I put it back, and it comes. It keeps coming forward and coming mm-hmm. forward. Because the ironic thing was, on my drive to St. Benedict on Friday mornings, I drove past right at my church. Drove past it every, every Friday morning going. And that's where the idea came. And it took a while for it to get there because you procrastinate. You say, mm-hmm. yeah, right. And then you start to engage other people and get their opinions and suddenly go, yeah, this could work. We're going to give it a go, and you, and you start it up, and you see what happens. Okay. And, you know, let the Holy Spirit do his work. You know, stay out of the way. Let people come in and experience it in their, their, their own individual ways. I mean, we've got people coming in. We have one man that comes in, and he admits he comes in because it helps him to suffer. When he comes in, he's up on a Friday morning. Your talks early. are that bad, Charlie. My talks are Char- really Charlie bad. talks. They're just, I walk. I want to meet this guy. Well, it's kind of funny. When we were back, when we were back in the men's gym, whenever I schedule a talk, lowest attendance of the month will be there. Like the, <laughs> I mean, like I get five guys out to listen to him. He starts, he starts scheduling it when, uh, when there's going to be food. Like the Christmas talks. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, well, we do that actually. Our last Friday before Christmas, we have breakfast. Oh, nice. Yeah, because we have one guy, the guy who comes in, John, who does the coffee. Uh, he come, he gets in early, does sausage, we do pancakes, and it's just a way just to welcome mm. people. And we've had people, that's the only time they've ever, they've ever come to the group, and that's the only time yeah. they can come, but we're always available. So, yeah, if anyone wants to get hold of me, anyone wants to try this, I encourage them, go for it. Love it. Thanks yeah. so much for everything you're doing. Thanks Absolutely for being on pleasure. the podcast and sharing Thank you. this story. Uh, Ron, just before we close, you've got a book. It's 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 done. It's done. I think today it goes to the printer. So it goes to the printer and it's going to be available for purchase. It sounds like in early January, January is, is just around the corner. 
And uh, it, it's called Unlocking Your Parish. And it's all about how Alpha can can raise leaders from inside of a parish. And so I'm so jacked for you and for mm-hmm. Father James, who've been working so hard on it. So, uh, so if you're listening, uh, keep your eye open for that book. It'll be coming in the new year. And so it's not a good stocking stuffer. Instead, it's a oh, good... so close. It was I know, so close, so close right? <laughs> you're not going to get the, the Christmas rush. Uh, but uh, I think it'll it'll stand on its own merit in, 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 the, in the new year. And thanks so much for joining us. And we look forward to, to being with you again next week. God bless. Thank you.